Welcome to Life Beyond the Chariot, a faith and family series from the St. Philip Institute. We believe we are called to not only know, but also to live the truth of the gospel within our homes, in our workplaces, and beyond. We believe we are invited to encounter Christ in the messiness of day-to-day life and to live as his disciples. Welcome back to our series that we're doing, Life Beyond the Chariot, and we are back in the studio, which is really exciting. This is our first Life Beyond the Chariot episode in our studio, and we have a very special guest with us, and we're so excited to have her on, and we will definitely let her introduce herself um, in a second. Uh, We are, with all of the craziness with COVID, I know a lot of people found themselves into forced homeschooling um, at the end of the school year and a lot of uncertainties about what this next year is going to look like and uh, families discerning what do we do about education for our children and the first person that we both thought of was Crystal. I'm like, who could we talk to about this? And so we're really going to tackle just in a very large broad scale today family-centered education. We'll define that a little bit later, but before we dive in, let's go ahead and begin in prayer. Deanna, you want to lead us? Sure. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, Good and gracious God, thank you for the gift of our faith. Thank you for the gift of families and the gift of our children. Um, We ask that you bless this conversation, bless us as we discern what is best for our children, what's best for our families, and to always put you first in all things. We ask these things in your name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right. So we're just going to have you introduce yourself. So tell us who you are, a little bit about your experience with family-centered education, and then we'll dive into more specific questions. Okay. Hello. I'm glad to be here. These girls have been working on me. This is completely out of my comfort zone. Um, But I love these ladies, so I'm glad to be here. Uh, My name is Crystal Hoy. I live in uh, Nacogdoches with my husband and our eight children. We have six rowdy boys and two daughters. Our, Our youngest is just 13 months old, and our oldest is 14 years old. And we have went through seasons and phases of homeschool, private school, and we're back to homeschool. And so this last year, we tackled infancy through um, freshman year in high school. <clears throat> That's amazing. Can I just like a round of applause for that right, <laughs> right there? I'm like toddler to teenager and everything in between. That's just incredible. And then we throw a pandemic era in the middle of it in a construction <laughs> no zone. It was, no it was fantastic. It was great. Um, always an adventure, right? Yep. Um, so my husband has been in, um, involved in one way or another um, ministry since I came into the church about 11 years ago. And now he's currently serving as the business manager for Catholic NAC, Catholic Nacogdoches. So um, in one way or another, we've always been involved in ministry, and we have felt like that has been a better balance with homeschool life than anything else that we've seen so far. That's so. awesome. That's awesome. And like Mickey said, when we were discerning, like, how do we talk about all of this? Because I know right now, especially when this episode comes out, a lot of people are going back to school or people are still discerning what, what to do, what, what to do. Cause it's, yeah. it's so 
chaotic right now and just trying to figure out what's best for our family. And as the three of us were talking before this, the thing that kept coming up was, well, whatever you choose, whether it's homeschooling, Catholic school, public school, whatever, it always has to come back to the family. And I loved that you emphasize that, that that education is meant to be family-centered, because I don't think that I had ever thought of education as being a family-centered type thing. Can you define, like, what what does family-centered education mean, or what does that look like? I feel like it's just an understanding and realization that it's not just our decisions on education are not only based on what mom and ja- what mom and dad's schedules are, and what um, what is in our area, but taking the needs and individual personalities and learning styles into consideration when making all of these you know big decisions, but making it a family experience in a way that helps shape the family as a whole, really. I mean, seeing some of the siblings help form the others, it's just such, it's been such a beautiful thing. And we saw it as well when we were in Catholic school. So it's it's really just a matter of prioritizing, I feel like, and realizing that, you know, with God, with, with God anything really is possible. Amen. Yeah. Amen. And I know uh, one of the things that, I guess took me by surprise when I became a mom was the question about education mm-hmm. with my kids. It actually turned out to be a, a much more difficult discernment process than I had anticipated. Like I experienced emotions and some fears on on all of it. What whatever the option was, there was some hesitancy I had and I it was hard because it really did catch me off guard. I wasn't expecting it. Um, and my kids were able to go to Catholic school um, up until this year, and the schools have been wonderful. But with all of the chaos, we decided this year what was best for our family is to homeschool. And that's not for everyone, and everyone's situation is different. And there were lots of sort of scenarios that had nothing to do with the success of the school or how great they were because they really were fantastic. Mm-hmm. Just it was the needs of our family, like looking at – each of our children and how the pandemic sort of affected them and then what school's gonna look like and how to teach them. Um, And for us, it was just, there's a lot of things that went into that, but it was agonizing. It was agonizing now and it was agonizing when we first sent them to school as a little like preschool and kindergarten kids. And I think that so many parents struggle with The what ifs. Yeah. Yeah. The what if this is better, what if, I'm shortchanging him here because of, but then we also have to take under consideration no matter which way we go on any of it, we can't have that grass is always greener on the other side, right? Because it's often not. It's really just what we make the best of really where we're at, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. I don't know, Deanna, did you have any sort of experience when you found yourself suddenly sort of like homeschooling? Because, I mean, almost, I mean, every parent was forced into this sort of, like, right. distance learning or, or um, homeschooling, whatever right. you wanted to call it, at the end of the year. So what about that experience sort of affected you and sort of 
you thinking about this whole idea of family-centered yeah. education. Uh, the one thing I have, I think I have always said, and you know, the best way to make God laugh is to tell him your plans. But I've always said, like, <laughs> homeschooling, ah, I could never, I could never do homeschooling. And then in March, we found ourselves <laughs> homeschooling. And I was really grateful that we only had a pre-K, pre-K four, um, so it was really just a lot of like, let's color things and go do an activity. But thinking that it, if we had had older kids or multiple kids, like, I mean, you were a rock star, Mickey. Oh just, gosh, I didn't feel like, that all way. <laughs> all these different grade levels in two different <laughs> schools. Um, I could not have done that, but it was really cool to see how we got to be involved with more of her activities, but it also made me appreciate uh, my daughter's unique personality. Like if it had been any, if it had been our son going, like all of a sudden shifting to homeschool, oh, that would have been a totally different <laughs> adventure. Um, but our daughter is just very, her personality is one that she just, she wants to, to just, she's like, homework, all right, cool. Like I'm gonna have a Zoom meeting with my class. Great, let's do it. And pre-K four Zoom meetings are hilarious. Um, <laughs> they but are. but it, it was really cool to see how like hungry she was for for learning. And I don't think that I had like really appreciated that as much. <clears throat> so just a deeper appreciation for her unique personality, and also realizing like okay, this is, and also recognizing like this is not homeschooling. We were thrown into the deep end real quick, yeah. um, and it's not the typical homeschool situation. So yeah, it was just a lot of just taking it all in. That was exactly <laughs> how my heart felt. When I saw the way that it was all going to happen, I thought, oh, I'm going to get homeschool community after all. And then I saw everybody's comments like, this is you know, yeah. I don't want to go too far into it, but right. I thought, oh, now everybody's going to be scared. Nobody wants to homeschool. But to be able to see those beautiful things, like this right. is how my child is reaching those aha moments, and right. the, this is what reaches her best. Those are the beautiful moments yeah. that oh, just make it all worth everything in the exactly. world, right? Exactly. Yeah. It filled me into on how much I didn't know about how my kids learned. Yeah. And, and what they, like, what about a lesson stuck in their heads? And mm -hmm. that was amazing to see and to discover. Uh, my my uh, middle child has special needs, and I honestly didn't, I was like, I don't really know how they teach him in school. Um, and so when I had to, to take on that role, it was definitely challenging because I'm like, wait, to to experience how he got something from like a lesson was fascinating. And he learned it in ways that I would never have thought of to teach, to teach it in that way. Uh, but what he was able to remember and pick out was fascinating, was fascinating to me. And and I think too, I know we're talking a lot about like us um, kind of many parents being thrown into this whole homeschooling thing, but really at the end of the day, it is every single parent's responsibility to oversee the education of their child. However that happens, uh, however we choose to, um, I guess, expand the horizons as far as education is concerned. But I do think whether we find ourselves like traditional homeschooling family or are going to do a hybrid of sending them to school and doing some, some distance learning, um, or sending them to school part-time if that or full-time if that's the option and then when they come home to do homework like we are still absolutely 100% responsible for making our home a school of all education 
you know, um, study information. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so what would you say are just some basic principles to, to having that family centered education? What in your experience would you say are bedrock things that have to exist in order for any family centered education to be fruitful and happy and holy? Well, I think first and foremost, you have to go into it knowing that you're going to have to give yourself a lot of grace because especially if you have any OCD tendencies, like I do, and that you're going to, you're going to mess up. You're, you're sometimes the best way to learn is a trial by error and you'll know in your heart and in your mind and the expressions on your children's faces, if there's something you're trying that's not working. And so I think being willing to go back to the drawing board when something is not worrying, working and just being able to, at the end of the day, thank God for the great things and please help me with these things that I, I need to work on tomorrow and that they, you know, that I can help them work on and learn as well. But um, as far as, well, in, in the way that I like to look at education and a, a very wise mother in Austin uh, passed this on to me early on in my homeschooling and my education path, she said, you do not have to decide how education is going to go for the next five years. This is a year-by-year commitment. So wrap your head around what you have to do for this year and how you're going to best meet the needs of everyone involved and your schedule and your marriage and your ministry life or livelihood and go from there. And if it doesn't work that year, figure out what it is, jot it down, make a plan for the next year and it it can be different and not all the children have to be necessarily in the same place you know we we have high school students um this next year we have a high school student and you know there's a small possibility that we may explore something other than homeschooling for the sake of community and for the sake of making friendships and so I i feel like going into it knowing that god will provide the answers and he'll provide the strength and he'll provide the grace to help you walk through it then anything is possible right isn't that what it always comes back to yeah and it sounds like a lot of what you're saying it's almost like the the undercurrent is like flexibility absolutely in in all of it Mm -hmm. that we have to be willing to adjust as needed absolutely and I've seen it done both ways you know early on in my homeschool life I read a great book that was recommended um a mother's rule of life (laughs) have you read it yeah and it had you set up an ideal schedule of how you're going to handle your day and what when you're going to tackle what with each child and you know each child has a column and that is beautiful if you can stick by that go for it right like go for it I don't want to discourage that honestly I've had seasons where I'm like this is great this is such a good guideline but when there's a toddler in the mix or you have (laughs) are you have six boys that randomly break out into wrestle sessions in your living room like you can't schedule that you can't you you cannot and so to loosely go back to it and I feel like have a list of essentials right like a list of essentials that really need to be taken care of today um but there whatever doesn't like, I would rather miss something today than bore them to tears with just checking something off after everybody's tapped out for the yeah. day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? That yeah. makes sense. That makes sense. So. Yeah, that was one of the things that was really, I think, stressful for me is, like, making sure we got all of the things checked off. Mm-hmm. And so 
for for me, it was a huge learning curve because I realized that I had just become like, um, you know, do these do these things, and it was hard for me to be as invested in in their learning process as. I think I wanted to be, but I think for everyone, there was just a lot of stress all around, like people losing their jobs and I was still working full time and trying to homeschool my kids. They were suffering from like sadness and separation from friends and not really being able to go out. I mean, everything was just crazy, but I love the idea that you said, give yourself grace. So much grace. Because I was feeling the stress of like, well, we didn't do all of this today. And if we get behind today, we're going to be behind tomorrow. We're just going to be behind forever. And that's where my mind went, you know. And we're just going to be behind forever. We're never going to catch up. And and I love the idea, that too, that you're like, well, take everything year by year as well. So even with the school day, take it by day. Absolutely. Right, and be flexible with that. But also <clears throat> when you're making these decisions to, to know that it – can be flexible and you're not signing the next 12 years of your kid's life to one committed structure or plan. Absolutely. That it can vary and that there's discernment. And I think this is something that's really important is that it is an ongoing discernment process for parents. And that's one of the things that I just kind of took for granted. Like at the beginning, I was like, okay, we're, this is this is how our kids are going to be educated for the next 12 years. And then when we started realizing how they learn and not knowing that there was going to be a pandemic <laughs> and how to plan for that. Uh, that So then you had to, I think a lot of parents had to tackle the question, oh, what do I do this year? But I really think that that's a gift where we've started really looking at what do I do <clears throat> this year? And I think that when, if hopefully the pandemic goes away, that that we're still having this conversation every year Absolutely. for each child um, and what's best for them. And it does take work. It does. It and I know does. that's probably one of the biggest complaints, not complaints, but um, things that I hear a lot is that parents are like, I just don't, between working and just regular house maintenance and all of this, like it just seems so hard to individually discern for each child and for our family what we need to do. But I would say it's like the top priority of what we need to do. That's how I see I'm, it as well. Yeah. That's absolutely how I see it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and what you all did with the distance learning, let me just reiterate, that is not that is not what homeschooling <laughs> is usually like. It's usually I mean, you're not um you're not held um to somebody else's schedule on when the teachers are, are necessarily available. You've chosen the curriculum, mm-hmm. so you know exactly what you're walking into, even if you don't learn it till night before. As far as what you know, what you're you know what you're passing on, especially in science, science is not my specialty. Um, so yeah, to go through it and just know that y'all were rock stars, just to be Thanks. in the middle of what you were doing. I mean, I know there were a few times that, in, even as a homeschool mom, that unknowingly trained for these times. Just the lack of um, social activity. And the general air to what's happening with our churches, what's happening to people not being able to visit with families. I mean, there were so many little um, details that can affect a mother's heart so much. And I can remember Mm -hmm. describing to more than one person that I felt like the little sheep in the sheepfold, just like looking around all frozen. I couldn't eat and I couldn't think. And I, I was startled. 
You know, I mean, I think a lot of us felt startled as to what is happening in our world. Right. What is happening? How how can I guard my my little sheepfold, my little mm-hmm. people here in my home mm-hmm. from all the crazy that's going on out there? And so to do what y'all did and change gears that quickly, it's beautiful. Thank you. Beautiful. For <laughs> I hope other moms and parents hear that, that like we were rock stars like we we made it you <laughs> made it through the next year. <laughs> and I know in our we're gonna do a part two with this and get more detailed into homeschool because I know for me I had a lot of and probably still do have some probably some misconceptions of what homeschool is and isn't so to really dive deeper into like how do you even start with that um especially for someone who did 12 years of Catholic school and I have no yeah no experience of, of homeschooling but you know talking about like this family centeredness and that i think that's been the gift of covid that it's gotten us back to we got to focus on our family's needs and take it day by day because if i try to think about what does the entire school year look like it's going to be a little overwhelming so um i know you had you had shared with us you know that it's it's really good for families to have goals and i know that's something that's new for me like thinking of having like a family motto um, or, uh, yeah, like our war cry <laughs> or something. Um, but yeah, can you talk about that? Like what, why have a family focus or a united front, I guess, as, as an individual family? I feel like it's, it's just the drawing board that you keep on coming back to and measure everything up against. If we aren't keeping Christ as the center of our lives, mm-hmm. which which helps when you're, you know, when you get to have that gift of being a ministry family, it's easier to do, definitely, mm-hmm. as you, you know, as you know, to ha- to keep Christ at the center of it and to know that because of that, you're going to face some kind of difficult decisions, especially in the time and the, in the place that we live, you know, even yeah. in the great diocese of Tyler, right? Yeah. Yeah. We're still in the world. We're still in the world <laughs> very much. And so to recognize the crosses that are going to, you know, be on our path along Mm -hmm. the way. And I guess our, (laughs) this kind of sums it up, ours has been for years, they'll always do hard things. We just do. We do. I mean, when you have eight kids, you have to be able to (laughs) Uh do hard things. (laughs) And so as far as anything very detailed beyond that, I think it really just has to do with keeping Christ at the center, you know, keeping keeping your priorities, keeping a, a good check on everything, and knowing your children. Yeah, and I think that that is something that I'm learning to appreciate more, is learning how my children work. Because, I mean, it's sad to say that I just didn't know. I honestly just didn't know. I'd mm-hmm. been working for so long and full-time working, and uh, when my kids would come home, like we would do our homework, like we would check the box off, you know. And I mean, I knew who they were, but there's there was something very different about discussing their lessons with them. Again, whether they took it home from school, mm-hmm. um, or I called the teacher or wanted to know more about what they were learning, to really engage in that, and it was eye opening to me um, because in knowing them, you can help form them better. And in staying Christ-centered, you can form them properly. And you're not going back and correcting things as much. Right. And one of the things that um, you had mentioned earlier, too, was um, that life is busy. 
and that there's ongoing discernment. And there are there are tough decisions when those things start sort of affecting your family motto or when you start finding yourself being torn away from your motto or, or your goal. Can you talk a little bit about how to refocus yourself or maybe even some difficult decisions that you guys have made or <clears> realizations <throat> like we need to take a step back? I think it's very easy for any family to just overcommit mm-hmm. and uh, take a look at your schedule and look at it from a, a checkbox standpoint of this child needs to be in something, this child needs to be in something. If he's doing something, well, he needs to do something. And I think that just making certain steadfast rules, we just, uh, we're not going to go to t-ball practice or baseball practice or martial arts or anything on Wednesday because that's our RE day. And if that's what you miss, then they know that going into it. That's, you know, we're not going to do anything on Sunday. You know, that is, if we're not going to mass on Sunday because we've gone Saturday, then we're not, you know, we're not going to do a sports events on, on Sunday. We have tried so hard and it is very difficult sometimes when we have four different boys and you know four different sport you know baseball season was Mm -hmm. would have been crazy for us (laughs) this this COVID I I mean we Mm. when COVID happened we had four different boys starting on four different baseball teams we had two nights of martial arts two nights of ballet two nights of religious education and at some point I just sat back and thought, oh, pigs. <laughs> how, how guilty did I feel for that, right? Yep, I but I, I, when you get into those seasons, and this goes back to that trial and error, when you get into those seasons and you recognize that you're going, 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 and everybody's so frantic into getting where we're going and making sure we have all the gear in the car, and you get that feeling like this isn't this isn't feeling right. Are we praying enough? Are we making God a, a continuous center? Are we taking under consideration that the toddler may be exhausted by the time all of this is done right. tonight? Right. right. Um, then it it can. The mama's heart knows, you know, the mom's heart can always recognize those things. And so um, this last season, I had this song that just kept on coming to mind. And it's a song, it's a head in the heart song. It's called Let's Be Still. And the kids would all load up in the van and we'd have all the gear. And if somebody didn't have their seatbelt on, I would blare this song. And I played (laughs) it so often that they hated it. They were like, mom, no more. I'm like, but that's what my heart was saying. Like, we're going, we're going, we're going too much. And we need, we need to be still. And so I think that's kind of a, a, a mom radar thing. Like we know, we know when things have gone too far and sometimes you just have to live through a season or two like that to know we're not going to do this again. Yeah. 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 You know, giving, it's almost like an American problem. I mean, I'm sure everybody faces this, but it seems very American that we just feel very like we got to be busy. We got to do something every single night or we're not doing it right or, or something. But I think we had a similar experience where things were just very busy and we have little kids that we weren't weren't even doing like extracurricular life just felt very busy and it was like COVID hit and we all went whew okay well okay (laughs) (laughs) all right what's not gonna happen so I guess moving forward I know like I said we're gonna we're gonna talk more about homeschooling in a moment but um I guess like practically speaking, it sounds like, you know, parents need to consider the unique situation of each of their kids. I think that's something that we definitely learned 
during this pandemic um, and giving ourselves permission to slow down uh, in order to adjust to those needs. But I guess what else moving forward should parents keep in mind, whether you're doing homeschool, private school, public school, like protecting your family, because that's that's almost what I'm hearing you say is like, Mm -hmm. we need to protect our family space and time. You know, as the person who has typically the heart of the home, the mother is mm-hmm. typically the heart of the home. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've went through seasons of a little bit of mother martyrdom where you're you're up and you're going and you don't even necessarily um, realize that you get into this mode of taking care of people before you start your day in whatever it is that you need to get your mindset right to where you're a better mother, right? And so um, the seasons that I have gone back and started my day, especially in a house with six rambunctious boys, I mean, there are times that I'm just trying to wrap my head around scripture for the day and pray that God speaks life into my day. And my five-year-old and my seven-year-old run in and they're doing a wrestle session right here in my bed. And I have to say, mom needs a little more Jesus, baby. (laughs) You're going to have to go out and take that out there. (laughs) Mom's not quite ready for this yet. I love that. (laughs) And that's really the gist of it. So knowing yourself enough to know how you need to start your day to fuel yourself for whatever it is that you're going to tackle for the rest of the day, caring for others, you cannot do that if if you're in constant mother martyrdom mode, you know? Um, my husband is a completely different, um, you know, he gets up and he wakes up with a fire in his heart and he's go, go, go. And he's straight on the activity. And I know myself enough to know that I, I just, I can't do that. And I don't know if that's the difference between a mother and a father or personalities, but, um, knowing yourself and knowing what you need from a spiritual standpoint to give back to others. Yes. Right. I love that. Yeah. Wonderful. I know, I don't know if there's anything else we want to mention for this topic. I know our next topic, we're going to dive a little bit more into more more details about homeschooling, because I do think there's a lot of misconceptions out there. There's a lot of fear out there. Don't and be scared. I'm still terrified. <laughs> I did my first day today. We'll talk about that next episode. So if you want to hear about my day, tune into the next one. Uh, but is there anything that you guys want to mention to sort of wind up this episode of family-centered education anything else i think i covered all of my notes here (laughs) okay honestly i mean really it it really just comes down to at the end of our lives we are going to have to give an account for what we did with these beautiful gifts and they're not ours they're ours exactly you know um and no matter how much we try to model goodness um there's always going to be a few that step out and either repeat that and or not and but what we do with our time and what we do with our gifts for the sake of fostering their gifts will be what provides the fruit or not yeah okay. right amen amen, so. amen. And I know that all of this kind of contributes to this idea of, or not the idea, but the truth that we're called to live the domestic church. I know that's a focus for us at the St. Philip Institute this year. And as we're moving into the fall, we're offering things like online faith formation for kids, but it's also geared towards empowering parents to be the primary educators of the faith. So stay tuned for more resources from uh, the St. Philip Institute as far as uh, building your own domestic church. I think when this episode is 
release. It'll be in the midst of our catechist conference on mm-hmm. b- literally building the domestic <laughs> church. How do we empower uh, families to, to live out the faith? Um, so visit our website, stphilipinstitute.org. Subscribe. Press all the buttons. Uh, pray for us. <laughs> pray for families in our diocese and yeah. beyond. Uh, and yeah, I'm excited to dive into other topics, uh, yeah, specifically too. homeschool with you <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, so tune in to next week. And uh, Deanna, you're so great at spontaneous praying. So do you want to? <laughs> That's the great thing about being the host. I can just defer to whoever I want. So it's I a, defer to you to okay. lead us in prayer. Sounds good. In the name of the Father, <laughs> and the Father, Son, and the, Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good and gracious <clears throat> God, thank you again for the gift of our faith. Thank you for this opportunity for fellowship and to discern what is best for our families. We ask that you give each of us what we need uh, to be a stronger domestic church. Um, help us to be present to our children. Um, and to discern our family's needs and what you are calling us to do. We ask these things in your name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Amen.